Welcome to the Mad Riders Union. Speculative destruction, one episode at a time. I'm Jay Wolf. I'm Tim Berger. And I'm Nina Niskanen. So, for today's episode, we thought we would talk about workshops. Specifically, the many and varied workshops that you can get into without an application. Application-based workshops are a whole other kettle of fish, and so we are a kettle of fishing that to some other time. I think you just coined a new phrase. Yes, so. yes I did. <laughs> I decided on kettle of fish as our, our particular term for describing an episode we will do later. Okay. So... If you do, like, even just a cursory Google search on uh, writing workshops, you will discover that there are a myriad of options out there. And what I hope that we can start discussing today is what to look for, what would probably be helpful to you, and most, uh, probably maybe most helpful is what to avoid. The first thing that I look for is the credentials of the person doing the teaching. Mm-hmm. So if it's someone who has no fiction out or hasn't been an edit- editor then I will I will most likely not take the workshop unless it's recommended to me by a friend. There's a surprising number of workshops that are out there. If you look and they have <laughs> what they've written is a lot of writing books. Yes. And not necessarily anything written beyond that for me that's a red flag but the problem is is that they may be they may know what they're talking about that's a possibility but they're also speaking from a place of not having been there or not even like having been there or not been there but that they are maybe not doing what you want to be doing Mm -hmm. if you're doing a novel workshop you want to you want to be dealing with someone who writes some kind of novels or edits some kind of novels. Mm-hmm. A short story workshop is not as helpful for novels as it would be if you were aiming to do short stories. There are also a lot of MFA types who simply dismiss science fiction and fantasy. So mm-hmm. if you want to be doing speculative fiction, then doing a workshop with someone like that is not going to help you write better in your chosen genres. And I don't want to dismiss all people who've had an MFA in the past or what have you, but no. the the thing with MFAs is especially in the United States, I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but especially in the United States is that the MFA programs they approach writing from an academic point of view versus someone who's trying to do this as a yeah, living. That's one of the funny things about this is that is a, a lot of us in speculative fiction are still kind of in the pulp world where we're really more in the trenches kind of churning it out with fewer Mm -hmm. academic programs that are really going to be helpful there, which is why workshops are so necessary in terms of learning fundamentals that you might otherwise not practice as often. Yeah, some MFA programs are moving over to more of a working writer's point of view yes Um, for example stone coast yes exactly so if we're looking at workshops and we're looking at predominantly things that we can get into without an application we kind of need to figure out what we are looking for from that workshop if you're Mm -hmm. kind of signing up with randos you know being that you don't know what your classmates are going to be like if you're going to have classmates at all yes you know whether it's a a workshop where you're submitting work and having it critiqued sort of like cat rambo's workshops uh that she runs uh, several times a year at this point where she has ongoing classes that are 
you know, multi-session and you're handing in work between classes versus sessions where you might be on, say, for two hours learning one specific technique or trait that you're trying to incorporate into more of your stories? So here's the thing. I have yet to be on a workshop where you don't hand something in, Mm -hmm. in terms of in terms of homework. I meant more like what kind of homework, I guess, was where I was going with that. Yeah. So, for example, the one that both Tim and I have taken, Mary Robinette Cole's... Short story. Writing on the fast track. Oh, so you and I have actually taken different workshops from her. So so you've been on the short story intensive. I was on short story intensive. Okay, so I was on the... Writing on the fast track. So every week we would have to turn in different things that were looking at the things taught in the lesson. And I think that that was the same for you, except yours was just... In a weekend. Yes. (laughs) Mine was six weeks. Right. So that's another thing that you can look at is the type of uh, commitment that's being Mm -hmm. asked of you for any of these That's very important, actually. Yeah, some of them will be... Anywhere from six to ten weeks. Actually, right now I'm in one that is 15 weeks. Okay. It's on the brainery called uh, Science Fiction Fairy Tales. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) So this is one where you have each week a different fairy tale and she provides a bunch of science articles that are on a theme. Like, for example... Last week, it was Snow White and food contamination. So there was stuff about flint and lead poisoning and uh, GMOs and all that kind of stuff. And every week, you provide a short story that is on the topic of the Well, the interesting thing with that one, too, is that your output per week is really high. Um, She's calling that workshop hypoxic. Yeah. yeah, hypoxic as in without exactly. oxygen. So you cannot <laughs> breathe, which yeah. which is an interesting way to approach it. It also depends on what what stage of your career that you feel like you're you're comfortable at, because there's a number of like, I don't want to call them one on one courses, but they, they kind of are. They kind of walk you through the paces of idea generation and crafting from an outline and all this other stuff. When I started taking workshop classes outside of anything that I did in college or before that, my first class is actually one of the online courses at Gotham Writers Workshop, which I think is a, is a good place for some people that are just so, starting That's out. 101 level for sure. It is definitely 101 level. Now, they do have higher level courses there, and those are kind of, you know, they go into a little more depth. But if you're looking to do get as much out of it as possible you do want to look at at some of the writers that you do respect uh that you enjoy their work and there's a number of them that teach workshops Mm -hmm. both nian and i took uh workshops from mary robinett cole there's writing the other that's run by tempest bradford and nisi shawl yep there's uh cat rambo very short workshops she actually has some that are available uh on demand a la carte which I would definitely recommend if you don't know where to start, that she has some really great ones that are really ready-made. I've taken her six-week course, and um, I would class that as probably another 101, 102 level. But it was good because it forced us to have output. 
So we yeah. had to actually be producing new work during the class so that we were not just spinning wheels. And literary techniques for genre writers was the class where Rachel Swirsky wrote, If You Were a Dinosaur, My Love, which mm-hmm. I adore that story. <laughs> it's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> story. And it always makes me cry. And I'm like, no, you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> The thing to look forward to, especially on some of these courses that will walk you through the creation of a story or a certain aspect of the story, is that sometimes what happens is that your output from the workshop, either the exercise or the final product, you come up with something into something that you can turn into a story. In fact, that's how I got my application story from Viable Paradise. Actually came out of the Mary Robinette Cowell class um, earlier that year. Uh, which was remarkable because it, it, it was something, it wasn't actually the, the story that I ended up with out of the workshop, but that snippet morphed into the story that, that I was actually able to uh, get into a, a juried workshop. So the ones that work for me, the workshops that work for me is where you do have output, where you're not just taught at, you, you actually have to do the work for a certain goal that, that you're looking for, whether it's a... Uh, stylistic goal or or what have you oh that was one of the things i really liked about cat rambo's workshop was that even the like one day one that i did with her for flash fiction we had to we had to do work while we were in the class and then yeah we actually would read a snippet of it and everybody would kind of talk about it and it was very helpful just in terms of iterating very quickly Mm -hmm. which is something that some of us struggle with yeah and Some of the things that you need to be aware of is how you work. If you feel confident that you can crank out a certain amount of work every week, Mm -hmm. some of these workshops that do spread out over a couple of months would be helpful for you. Whereas if you maybe are more of a burst writer, my class with Mary started Friday night and it stretched until Sunday night and you were either reading or critiquing uh, someone else's work during the entire work weekend. That was very helpful for me because it was this dump of information. I wrote down very quickly everything that I could, and then I spent the next few months unpacking what I learned. Oh, I'm still unpacking what I learned. Yeah, exactly. And I took my Mary class 2013, maybe? 2012, 2013? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I still go back and I check my notes. From when I took it, and that was it was over a year ago, I think. Now, one thing you have to be aware of if you're doing a workshop with other people, and essentially strangers, yes, is you have to be aware that sometimes you'll get lucky, and you'll have a great group. You have a group that's engaged with each other, and the best case scenario out of this is that you all become friends. You get a dialogue going with these other people and and it may turn into, you might turn out to be friends. You might get some people who know how to critique your work and are willing to critique your work. That's very helpful. Yeah. However, that is not always the case, even in the best workshops, mm-hmm. even in the workshops that you've heard a lot of good about and you know that the instructor is good. That's the one thing that you can't control is the other people that are in it. And... You have to go in there with the best attitude that you can and try to get the most out of it, but you can't control who else is in there. 
And and they're going to bring their own thing in there. And the, if it's positive, that's great. If it's negative, you have to kind of block that out and push it aside because it could. Yeah. I, I, I've talked to some people who have done online workshops and they had a bad group. It's not necessarily like the instructor was bad, but the people who are participating, they had a bad experience. It's about what the other people are looking for out of the workshop sometimes, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. One thought that I have on that, just as a suggestion not a requirement sort of thing is that having a friend or friends that you can sometimes sign up for workshops together yeah is mm-hmm. very helpful with that especially if you are both looking for similar things yeah mm-hmm. I, I have a very dear friend who tries to rope me into every single workshop that she does and i do the same thing with her <laughs> and i would say we don't always succeed at that sometimes we're just not in sync budget wise or whatever Every time that we have, we've had a little bit of extra flexibility in terms of absorbing material, going back over notes, things like that. And sometimes that's a possibility and sometimes it's not. But if you have started to kind of cultivate that group of writer friends that we've kind of been talking about as something that you need to do in terms of building your craft, this is a good opportunity to build those friends. When I was in Cat Rambo's class, we did actually for a short time after the class kind of continue working workshopping each other mm-hmm. which was really helpful basically just none of us were without the class pressure able to continue producing short stories at that right. speed and then i had to shift gears and start working on my novel stuff so that i could hand in my viable paradise application mm-hmm you know it's a sign when you're the fast one. <laughs> Especially when it's me, because I am not fast with short stories. But when I was like the one who usually had something ready for everybody where nobody else really had stuff, it was kind of like we kind of all petered out at around June right. or so. But mm-hmm. we had about three months where we were we continued the workshop afterwards, which was really helpful. And yeah, I'd say that that's probably the typical result from a workshop is that you get a group of people together and then you'll stay kind of close for a little bit, but then it'll just kind of dissolve from its own inertia and what have you. On the flip side of that, I've got really lucky is that the class that I took, and this is the the good result, that which may happen, but I think it's kind of rare, is that we're still getting together with my critique group from last year um, once or twice a month and trading stories, offering critiques, and these guys have become my friends. And it's really nice to know that I've got somebody. In fact, I just had an email from this guy that I that I workshopped with last year. And now he's a friend of mine. He said, hey, Tim, do you have a little... I know you're not doing this right now because you got a lot of stuff going on in your life right now. But can you look at my story? Do you have time? I want to try and get this out by March. And I was like, sure. Just shoot it toward me. He, had a, he told me exactly what to expect. And we've got a critiquing language. Uh, which is something that... You definitely develop that in a workshop. Exactly, exactly. And that's helpful because now you're talking on the same language. And, and when when I tell him that I'm bored through this section, he doesn't take, it personally. take offense at it. Yeah, he's not, it's not personal. It's just we have that language and that's shorthand. I, I feel like that's the rare result versus the typical result. That's a result you have to work for. Yeah. Yes. In mm-hmm. my opinion. It's much like any other kind of friendship. You have to nurture it. Yeah, and support it. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just not possible. Sometimes you're just not in a place in your life where you can maintain a critiquing workshop relationship with somebody. Yeah. It's a goal result. Yes, absolutely. 
It's a best case scenario. Something to aim for. Yes. Yes. So another thing to be wary of, and this is not necessarily while you're taking a workshop, but it's actually after, is not to overwork shop. <laughs> there, there are some people Hello. <laughs> who take workshop. <laughs> but no, no, I'm not saying Nina. I am. I'm not saying Nina because you... <laughs> I'm not saying but, Nina, but... <laughs> Okay, I'm totally not saying Nina. I I am not saying Nina. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Here here's the difference between what Nina is doing and what other people fall into the what is kind of like the workshop trap. Nina is producing work and sending it out. I am. <laughs> versus. Yes, you are. The chronic workshopper who takes workshop after workshop. After workshop, building all the, you know, putting things in the toolbox, but you're never taking the tools out to actually put out work. Yeah, but this is, this is, yeah. this or, is or, or workshopping the same story endlessly. Uh, Not that I yes. would know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, this is where the workshops where you have to produce new stuff are really good because so far mm-hmm. we've had three weeks of the fairy tale workshop and I've already produced two mm-hmm. new short stories and i have the alpha and reader critique for there yeah that's a really great result I, i'm more aiming this towards people who they finish a workshop and then they launch themselves into another workshop hi <laughs> before they've even had a chance before they've had a chance to unpack the information and but nina you're you're producing work and you've got things out for query yeah. You've got stories that you've submitted. You're in a, Yeah, you have stuff on submission right you're now. You're in another Yeah, you're in another class. So that that's helpful for sure. you. <laughs> okay. So we talked a whole bunch about different do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. And we've recommended a few that we've all personally been through. Did we have anything else we wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think we've kind of covered the At least the broad range. Yeah. So, to sum up, look at what you're going for. Don't just Take the workshop because the description sounds awesome. Check out the instructor, possible references, and so on. Be nice. Do the work. Don't be a dick. Okay, the, su- the summary is essentially look for the workshops from, from people that you respect, uh, from recommendations that you get from friends. If you can, take them with friends so that you can maybe help avoid some of the pitfalls of maybe not getting into a good group. What else should we add here? Have a good time. Yeah. That's one of those things that people sometimes don't approach a workshop with that in mind. Be nice to your co-conspirators. Yes. Mm-hmm. And produce good work. Or no. Or at least work that you can work on. No. I'm going to go ahead and extend the permission to do shit work to all yes. of our audience. Just make it better. Yes. Yes. Do good work. It means... Do the best that you can, but yes. realize that, you know, you're still talking about shitty first drafts. Absolutely. So, Tim, have you read any good books lately? Yes. And this is another one that I haven't quite finished yet, but I am ripping through this. I'm not going to talk a lot about it because it's a very well-known book and and a lot of people have probably already read this, but um, I'm reading Among Others by Joe Walton, um, which is a fantastic, fantastic book uh, written in a memoir style. 
just just read it. Just read anything by Joel Walton. But <laughs> this is a standout Everyone book. Everyone keeps recommending Joel Walton to me, but she doesn't have any mm-hmm. any books in audio, and I read very little that's not in audio. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this has got an audio. I have audio. basically all of her books. I think mm-hmm. All My Children is the first on my list. Mm-hmm. But it's not audio. <laughs> anyway, that's my recommendation, among others, Joe Walton. Jay, what have you been reading? Slush season just started, <laughs> so... <laughs> You've been reading Slush. That's fair. I could just tell you guys to read The New Uncanny. How's that? Yes. <laughs> I, I think that's unfair because I'm in the I'm in the no. But it also shows that you're kind of you're, you're doing your work. Though. <laughs> I mean, you're doing your slush yes. work, right? Yeah, yeah. So by the time this episode comes out, there will be a fresh issue of Uncanny, um, which I have already read. Cool. You're just gonna have to, just gonna have to read it. But it's great and wonderful and delightful, as always. Uncanny is one of my favorite magazines. So yeah, I love it when mm-hmm. people say that. I don't even. I'm such a tiny part of that magazine, but it always brings me a great deal of squee to hear that. <laughs> it's a really good magazine. What else can you ask? We have a space unicorn for a mascot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nina. Yes. So I am going to recommend Star Wars Aftermath by Chuck Wendig. Wow. And I realize this is supposed to be a controversial work, but I don't see why. I mean, yes, there are characters who are gay. The other controversial part is the sentence fragments. There are a lot of people who are very mad about that. Well, yeah. Really? Yes. Is, it, is it the sentence? It's like the number two complaint besides gay that. characters. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who don't appreciate Chuck Wendig's writing style, but I do. I happen to not be mm-hmm. one of those people, and I, I really do. I enjoyed the book, and it was very much a Star Wars book. It was mm-hmm. okay. It was not a part of the original extended universe. Yeah, this is the new extended universe. Yes, this is the, this is the reboot. Th- this is the, now yes, canon. This is the new extended universe. This yeah. is the Disney extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> But Star Wars Aftermath starts off relatively pretty much right after the events of Return of the Jedi. And they include Han Solo, by the way, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But they are mostly focused on a kid who has had to deal with life without his mother and father and his mother who is trying to get her kid out of harm's way and there are implications in the characters of this story that actually lead into the force awakens is that correct as far as like the characters are concerned and parentage and what have you possibly Possibly. i'm not going (laughs) to say anything about that but it is stuff that happens between return of the jedi and the force awakens There's a bounty hunter and there's a former Imperial loyalty officer. And of course, Wedge Antilles, because what would a Star Wars be without Wedge Antilles? (sighs) Oh, Wedge. Oh, man. (laughs) This has been the Mad Writers Union. Now let's get to work. 
our intro music is Cephalopod, and our interlude music is Exotics, both by Kevin McLeod at IncomeTech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Hi friends, do you have a couple of minutes and want to test the limits of communication technology? Drop us a line. You can reach us at our website, madwritersunion.com. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash themadwritersunion. You can tweet to us on our Twitter handle at madwritersunion. And last but not least, you can email us at madwritersunion at gmail.com. You're, you're, you are a superior being. Let's put it that way. Wow. Because I can't do that. If I took workshop after workshop after workshop, I would never get anything out for submission. So you are a better person than I am, Nina. So there you go. We have it on yes. audio. We, 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 say, we say in Finnish that make a cross on the wall. And it's not like a Christian cross; it's like an X cross. Sure. What? Wait. What does that mean? It's basically. It's, I don't know. It's basically <laughs> this is. I need context here. I don't actually know where it comes from, but it means that this is something that I need to remember. <laughs> okay. Girl. Like a string on your yeah, finger. Yeah, something like that. No, n- not exactly. It's it's yeah, something like that. Maybe. All right. Should we wrap this up? Or yes, we should. Please. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> You're right, freezing. Ready? Ready? I am very yeah. cold. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's do this. I, I'm going to just be quiet for a few seconds here before I do this. So. There we go. Flip on your heater. <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> to, painful to watch you freeze.